guys welcome back to talk shit with p and today i have amazing ladies with me who have been doing something amazing back home and i wanted to shed light on them so um before i get to that i'd like for them to introduce themselves for my world and then we'll get into the details of what they've been up to hey ladies hi Wow, I don't think I've had so much energy in this podcast ever because this is the first time I'm recording with two guests at the same time. <laughs> Double power, yeah. I know. Welcome to Talk Shit with Peace. So if each of you can introduce yourself and a little bit about yourself briefly for my guest and then we can keep it moving. <laughs> okay. Hi. Um my name is Lillian Flaviana. I am a digital communications person. <laughs> so I create content, I um everything from photography, photography to video to um all sorts. And I also am now a social activist too. Amen. I just I I I right now like a few minutes ago, I just saw what you did with that trans life matter. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And Barry, you're next. <laughs> um well, yeah, my name is Valerie Amani. I'm an artistic explorer, curator, and writer, which basically means I live, breathe, eat the creative industry. Um I yeah, I I make art myself. I mostly work with digital media and my art um centers around narratives around being an African woman, around sexuality and using your body um as an advocate for change. And yeah, I guess I'm also I'm I am an activist and advocate through my art. Um to be honest, I uh, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I've been oh, watching God, some God, of the stuff you've been doing. So this is a big moment for me for you to be on my podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now you made me try. And no, uh, to be honest, uh both of you ladies, um I've uh, for a long time I've been hearing your names and seeing what you've been doing and it's been very impressive. I'm very impressed by you guys and I didn't even know you guys, but I was <laughs> happening from behind the scenes so oh, to have you guys up here with me i appreciate you for coming on my little podcast oh, oh, <laughs> so much thank you so much for having us exactly All right. And on behalf of me and every black person in America, Tanzanian or not, mm. I would like to thank you guys for standing up with us. So, I know you guys just um did the Haki na Umoja event. What yeah. made you guys decide to host that event in Tanzania? Um I can quickly start. So, um I think for myself it was important as a young black woman to stand in solidarity with my brothers and sisters across the world um who have been killed and murdered and we leverage the global black lives matter movement uh to hold a vigil and provide a space for healing in our community um i think for both of us it was one thing to upload a black square and say blackout tuesday or hashtag black lives matter but still we felt so angry and so frustrated that every single day you still wake up and that people are still being killed. So, um it was important for us to have a way to put all of this all of these feelings into something that was positive. And that's why we had the Hakimo Mondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. 
I mean, Lillian said it so so well, and I'm I'm so grateful to her because she was one who took the first step to reach out. Um, and you know, I've spoken to someone, and it was kind of like you know, being in Tanzania and being in Africa and being surrounded by black people all the time. There are moments when you you have a moment where you, you forget that you're part of a larger black community, and then you wake up one day and it's like in your face you're reminded that you are black, and it doesn't really matter where you're from. It doesn't matter. It's not about nationality or anything. This is about a history of our people being oppressed. So I feel like, yeah, it was just it was a no-brainer to be part of it, just because yeah. it yeah. was so important to show that as a global black community, we should be here for each other. True, and I like the name, but could you translate it in English for those people who will be listening and don't understand what Hakina Umoja means? <laughs> um, it means justice and um, basically togetherness. togetherness. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, I know you guys have lived out of Tanzania. So, if either of you guys experience racism or police brutality yourself or someone you know, you asked how did I know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you know. Um, I, 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 I did say I've been a fan for a while, and as you can hear, I'm the one who is in America right now, but don't even have an accent, and some of you guys have an accent. So, uh, I, that accent didn't come from Tanzania. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so I, I can also quickly go and then uh, quickly go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Lillian wants to take all the points I see uh, by beginning. In and out. I'm, I'm like quick like Mike, you know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, of course we have experienced racism. Uh, both Val and I uh, grew up for a very long time in South Africa. Um, I went to a predominantly white South African school where a lot of white kids felt at liberty to um, say words like kaffir or coon in front of me and then to then look at me and say, but not blacks like you, though. Not blacks like you. Um, And so as a young child, I was constantly forced to navigate these white spaces and um, after grad, I mean, after leaving high school and um, even still today, um, I'm still unlearning the projected identity that was given to me in this space and relearning how to embrace myself and who I am without any shame. And that's why even here in Tanzania, when people are saying, um, you know, it's not us that are being killed not blacks like us um this is why it's also very important because at the end of the day whoever you are as a black person the system does not care for you the system was not built to care for you um you don't know a black a black like you and a black who's not like you you're black you're black at the end of the day black is black 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 yeah (laughs) amen Um, and so we care for each other that like you said like that's that's what we do so um yeah yeah i mean if i think back to my first experience of racism I think I had two. I one in Zimbabwe when I was in grade three, even. Um, we were, yeah, we were in. So you know, I was going 
to a predominantly white British school. And so 80, 90% of my classmates were white. Um, and it was a dance, a dress up dance, and they're like, you know, dress like your favorite Spice Girl. Mm. <laughs> so I really loved Baby Spice. You know, at that time, I didn't really see color. I didn't really, I wasn't aware of it. So I put on my little pink pink Aww. outfit with my little pom poms. I just like Baby Spice used to do. And um, it came time for the competition of like best dress. And so you stand in the line where you dressed up as. And I just remember this so vividly, but it was so long ago. But these two white girls turn around and look at me. They're like, you can't be in this line. You can't be Baby Spice. You have to be Scary Spice because you're black. Mm-hmm. And this is grade three. And I just remember like wow. following my pride and like shuffling. I couldn't even say anything. I just shuffled to the Scary Spice line. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and isn't it ironic how that this happened in an African country? Yeah, of They're the ones who are exactly. in that country. And oh, <laughs> God. I mean, my all my experiences of racism have been on this continent. Me too. Which is, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've been raw experiences. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You are black. People are disrespecting <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. And at a young age like that. And at a know? young age, yeah. And, and, and yet you're in our continent. What did you expect? Like, <laughs> you came to a country that has a lot of black people. Why are you here? But this is also the thing about conditioning, right? Because I've also experienced racism, self racism or self-hate and xenophobia I think is also a product of of racism and, and um, neo-colonialism or colonialism because xenophobia oh, yeah. is a big thing in South Africa mm-hmm. so of course what does a black man being killed in America have to do with us it has everything to do with us because it it's how we think it's how we feel it's how we can treat each other in that way too it's a it's a deep-rooted problem so mm-hmm. yeah it's sad that we it's 2020 and we are still dealing with being color of our skin being an issue. Yeah. yeah. We're just All right. it's the matter. Exactly. We're we're not even asking for much. Yeah. But I read exactly. Um I read something really interesting on the gram. <laughs> um, but um someone said that um white people are so uncomfortable with um white lives white matter or like promoting black lives because when you promote white lives it immediately means um, anti-black but pro pro-black does not mean anti-white but people don't understand because mm. all we know that pro-white if pro-white means anti-black which pro-white does then surely pro-black should mean anti-white which it does not which they don't understand this mm. is why there's so mm. much like animosity. animosity towards Black Lives Matter because mm-hmm. we're not saying that now we hate you. No, no bro. No, no, we just no. say we matter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We just want you to take our lives as serious as you take yours. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So um I know with you guys with your event, you guys had testimonials, mural, paintings, poetry, music, video and all those amazing good stuff. How did this event help bring the community t- together? Oh, am I starting this time? You can start, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think what was great is that um, it was an open space, and we we're so lucky to have it at Nafasi Art Space, which is a NGO and art center which already kind of promotes an open community and um, 
So already having it at Nafasi really opened the door to any kind of person, you know, wherever they come from, to come to an open space. And I think the collaborators also played a big role in, you know, inviting people and making sure people felt safe because we had musicians who had their own, their, you know, their own crowd and their own people. Mm. We had the poets, of course, we had the, the graffiti artists. And we had our own community, I guess, of people that we could reach out to. So I think we didn't really expect, we didn't have an expectation of how many no. people would show up. Mm-hmm. And we just hope that whoever felt, you know, touched by this and whoever had been struggling with this and wanted some space to mm-hmm. communicate their frustrations and their pain, they would come um, and have a moment for healing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I I think also what's very important about um, what we had was the art part of it. Um, you know, from the music and the graffiti and um, the uh, creating posters together or poetry, all of these things are like they bring people together so well. Um, and yeah, I think it couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah. You see, my, my next question was going to be uh, if Nafasi Art Space, why, why Nafasi Art Space was the chosen location. But you just answered that when you answered my, my question in the beginning. <laughs> so I will ask, will the signs and murals that were painted stay at Nafasi or was that, was that just for a certain period of time? Because I know it's, a, it's an art center and all that. So what happens to that? So the graffiti um, that was done is mm-hmm. there and it's remaining there um, nice. and and then there was a there was another George Floyd space uh, right next to it and I think the artist took that with him but um, we still have George up on the wall yeah. Um, yeah. and all our memories also with us that's beautiful it's very beautiful when I saw the pictures I was touched and I felt like I was there, so I know if I was home, I would have definitely came through because it seemed peaceful and emotional, and it was everything in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really was. How long did it take you guys to organize this event, and how was the help? Was the help easy to get, or because it was Black Lives Matter, it had to be pushed? So it took about three weeks, I would say. Um, and I think that things actually at some point just worked itself out. Um, Our original um, idea was not this. Um, Our original idea was not accepted um, due to various things. We were actually going to hold a peaceful protest um, slash demonstration um, and that wasn't accepted and that was okay. And I'm glad that actually, because sometimes protests have a way of just losing control yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the message or like what what we wanted to feel maybe would have been lost, lost. Hmm. so I think this was the perfect way that it could have happened and um, I think once we finally like decided cool it's happening at Nafasi help just rolled in you call up people and you're like look I'm looking for someone to do this and that person calls up another person and this person is down to do it uh, just like that, just like word of mouth, people are down, um, and it just worked out. It was great. Yeah, that's good. So I also understand that there was donations, and a charity was going to be picked 
uh, uh, and I know you guys picked the charity which happened to be New Hope for Girls. Mm-hmm. So, um, how much was the donation, and why did you guys decide to pick New Hope for Girls? For us who don't know what New Hope for Girls is, could you tell us so we can be aware and send in donations for the next time? Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, um, New Hope for Girls. Well, the charity, I think, um, we first of all wanted. A charity that will go to you know our community and black people here because you should always start at home right yes um, and new hope for girls was a charity i had i think lynn also had personally encountered before um the owner you know is a, is a lady who just took it upon herself to become a safe space for children or young women who are in um in an abusive situation mm-hmm. um, and so often those those people don't have a place to go and this woman you know um, did this she runs the, the space with her husband and she's not gotten some help and so we just thought we wanted to to contribute to a space where it not only you know supported um, black people but also protected them for mm-hmm. from trauma um, so yeah, I, I now don't remember yeah. the the second the... question. Um, how much should we raise? Oh, so yes. initially, um, it was about seven hundred thousand, but um, at the end of last week, we got two more donations, so we were up to nine hundred. Oh my God! God bless. Yeah, God bless, man. God bless the hands of everybody who donated. Amen the heart of this woman who's going above and beyond for these young ladies and God bless these ladies and you two ladies for doing all this because you you see I didn't know anything about New Hope for Girls but now I do so in the future when uh, when I have something to donate I know where to send it to Mm -hmm. it's all because of you guys and they do have a website newhopeforgirls.org and um yeah, and right now there are about 40. There are about 40 girls yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, the mother who takes care of all the girls also came from um, a home of abuse yeah. and neglect. Um, and so it's a very personal thing for her. And you can see that there is so much love yeah. and care in that space. Um, so I think I'm really, we're really happy with what we, yeah. what we accomplished. Yeah. Nice. And on top of that, um, I, I, I don't want to go deeply into this, what I'm about to say, but I do know there have been some um, rape issues coming forward in Tanzania. And I do know, Valerie, you were in a podcast recently with uh, Chai. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So everybody go listen to that episode. And please, all the ladies in Tanzania in abusive relationships or sexual assault, Please pick up, leave, find ways. We are here to help, talk, and do anything we can. Nobody should be abused. Nobody should be staying in violence. 